It was asking God to bring about those changes in me so others will see Christian love. Thank you. 
go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Long, long ago, there was a great city named Corinth. And that city was located a, a few miles west of Athens, Greece. And that city was actually founded and became a city according to archaeologists and those that studied those sort of things at about a thousand BC. And that city was a center of Greek architecture sculpture and philosophy and the, the uh, beginnings of democracy as we grow to understand it in our own nation today. That city was large and beautiful. At one point, probably having almost 100,000 people. And this was 500 years before the birth of Jesus. Now in Corinth, they got involved in negotiations with Rome and the Roman Empire. And those negotiations finally led that to, in about the year 146 BC, Carnath was reduced to rubble. It was sacked, it was torn down for the most part, it was destroyed. So, as I continue this brief story about the city of Carnath in Greece, once the capital of Greece, once a once the thriving commerce center for the Aegean Sea, for Crete and Sicily and part most of Italy, it was, it was totally destroyed by Rome. And oh, around the year 44 BC, uh, a generation or so before Jesus is even born, Rome gathered up some excess people they had, some slaves that had been liberated, uh, and some peasants that they had too many of, and they shipped all these people to that ruin of Carnot, and they said, you guys do what you can here. Well, because of its location, and these surplus people were so happy to have their freedom, they all worked hard, and within a number of generations, after Jesus is born, after Jesus is preached, after Paul has been changed into the minister that he was, Paul goes there on his first missionary trip to this third, fourth generation of people rebuilding the ancient city of Carnath. And so when he's there, he realizes that these people that are there need a Savior. They're living their lives 
in in excess. It, it, it was quite a heathen, pagan sort of place. I mean, we could all go, woohoo! But anyway, it was party central. They were they were hardworking. They pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, so to speak. And these people needed Jesus. Now, Paul goes there. It's around the year 50 A.D. Jesus has been gone for a few years. And Paul has been saved. And he writes a little, he gets them going. And he starts some home churches all through the city. And after he leaves, the people get confused. So, when I read to you from the first letter uh, that he wrote to them, it's, it's called first, in your Bible it's called First Corinthians. Well, that's a letter to the home churches at the city of Corinth in Greece. And I'm going to read this to you, and you're going to hear how Paul is trying to encourage these people to be of one mind, to have unity. Oh, I, I, can, I can guess that, that we were talking about that downstairs, that if you line up a hundred people, you're going to get a hundred different opinions. And I mentioned to them that opinions were much like noses. Everybody has one, and, and you can smell stuff with your nose. So if everybody has an opinion, we need to think about how do we work together when we disagree? Well, of course people are going to disagree. Some people are going to be happy with blue walls. Some people are going to be happier with light green walls. Some people want gray floor. Other people want medium blue floors. Uh, right now we have red carpet in here. Uh, seems fine by me. Uh, if we were going to change out the carpet to something else, I would not want to be the one to pick the color. <laughs> that ain't my job. So Paul wants the people of Carnath to understand some important things about unity. And he wants them to understand what's the purpose? Why do we get together? So I'll read from the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. <coughs> And 1 Corinthians is the first letter Paul writes to those home churches. It was passed around. They made copies. Lots of Historically, they found many copies of this letter. And that's a part of why it's in the New Testament. So I'm in chapter 1, and I'm going to start with verse 10. Hear the word of God as Paul tries to shape those home churches in that rebuilt city of Carnival. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, 
but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. That's one whole verse. And just like we talked about earlier today, we mentioned about this disaffiliation, separating from who we are as United Methodists. Uh, we need to be a people that is of that have unity, be of a single focus, and to understand what our purpose really is all about. Like I said, you line up a hundred people and ask them what the purpose of the church is. Some will say, oh, it's to have a beautiful choir. Somebody else will say, oh, it's so we can have church dinners. Somebody else might mention, oh, it's about doing mission work, helping people that are in need. Somebody else might say, it's about Sunday school so that the little children can learn about Jesus, our Savior. And all of these things are probably good answers. And I would encourage you, and I'm going to encourage you in a few minutes, with what could be our official purpose and what our official unity is all about. So as I read on, for it has been reported to me by Cho people that there are quarrels among you. Oh my goodness, a church with quarrels. That's not news, is it? My brothers and sisters, what I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Well, of course, Paul's asking them that question. And they're all going to say, well, no, Christ is not divided. But some of us like what Apollo said, and some like what Cephas said. And so, uh-oh, they're divided. So, here's what Paul goes on to say. Was Paul crucified for you? I'm going to answer, of course not. It's only Jesus that's crucified for our sins. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. We're baptized in the name of Jesus and in the Holy Spirit and God the Father Almighty. We're, we're baptized in the Trinity. Then Paul continues, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one can say that you were baptized by my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Uh, beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. Paul's reminding us that he's only human, and he doesn't necessarily remember all the details of his day-to-day -day ministry there in Corinth, that Greek city. It said, for God... Did not send me to baptize you, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with elegant wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. You see, the power of the cross is that Jesus died for our sins. That's the purpose of ministry. Share the good news that Jesus died for our sins. Because we've all sinned, and we've all made mistakes, uh, and it is sin. All mistakes, all disobedience to God is, is a form of sin. Uh, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The power of God 
is about Jesus Christ. Now, we can look to Matthew and we can, we can read through Matthew and we can find out the exact purpose and mission of the church in the words of Jesus. Because Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 28, He told them to go and make disciples for Jesus, for Christ. Go and make disciples. And then He said, teach them all that I have taught you to obey. And then He says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, the purpose of the church ends up looking and feeling like we are the missionaries sent out to the world to tell the world that Jesus died for our sins. And that we need to be the ones that respond. And you're all called and you've all answered. Now, we are all interwoven together like a fancy braided rope. And that rope has strength because we are in unity together. We are woven together, and that unity of strength is what makes the church work, and what makes us who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, I can guarantee you that there's all kinds of divisions that's going on. We talked about one earlier today, right here. We know that there's division in thinking. And we know that all around us there's uh, loyalty to this leader or that leader. We know that there are favored spokespersons for Jesus. We understand that there's great and wonderful TV preacher personalities. Everybody go ahead. Yeah. And there's people that write, there's gifted authors that write wonderful books. And they sell their books and, you know, it, they make lots of money. But all of these things work together to unfray the rope that I was talking about, that we're all woven together into. You see, divisions within our own church, our own congregation, help weaken that rope that's woven together, those many strands. And as we are many woven together, that is where our strength belongs. In us being in unity. Oh, we have disagreements. Don't get me wrong. Some people prefer deviled eggs over potato salad. Who can say amen to that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like deviled eggs. If they have the right paprika, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm fooling around with We like potato salad. We like coleslaw. We love our fish fries. We enjoy people coming here to eat. And yeah, it does look like the weather has, oh my, I should look outside. Don't look outside. I don't want to start to worry. So as I bring this together, remember Jesus sent us. He said, go. Make disciples. The purpose of the church is to share Jesus. Give Jesus away. That's what's important. Everybody shout amen. amen. Jesus is Savior. And I will have the... Uh,
closing him is 558. Five, 558 in your rhythm. We are the church. Let's sing loud. Uh, I'm thinking this is the first and last Thursday. Okay. Just because of the snow. But yeah. I was thinking just the first verse. Because the chorus, first. first verse, and chorus. Chorus and first verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do it.